Namaste. Love is a subject which is indeed the simplest and the most complex, the most direct and easy yet the most difficult. The most direct and easy because it comes readily to human nature. Why? Because it is through love that the hidden ananda can play into creation. So love has come to bring out this ananda which is at the root of creation and this ananda which is at the uh, runs behind like a sap through everything, even in stone, even in still lower down. So this hidden ananda, to bring it out on the surface, the power that operates is love. And just as people say that, you know, when you ask an average person, what does he want in life? So one common, least common multiple that they speak of is happiness. But uh, to put the horse before the cart is that this least common multiple happiness, to get it, they need the highest common factor, HCF, and that is love. Because if there is no love, there is no ananda. And humanity suffers because of lack of love or because of distortions of love or because of degeneration of love in the human consciousness. And um, love is the one, we don't need to rescue love. Love is the power that rescues creation out of the dull morass into which it has gone. You can look at a person and if he is uh, looking very lost and dull and uh, sad, you can be more or less certain that the vitamin most essential to life, vitamin L, Love is missing in life. I am not sure where you can find it and how you can provide it. But we will talk a little bit about it through this talk. So love is the, as the mother says, you see if we go back to its origin, the divine is Satchidananda, existence, consciousness is knowledge, force or power and bliss. So where is love in all this? So, this has plunged Sachidanand with all his four aspects, plunged into creation, became its very opposite. So, existence or truth became falsehood and consciousness became unconsciousness. Force became absolute helplessness, weakness, maimed by death and Ananda became suffering. At that point of time, a still greater force that emerged into the play, entered into the very depths of the darkness and started rescuing creation out of that state. And that power is love. So it is regarded as the savior. It's a savior power that has gone into creation. And this original act of these great sacrifice of love is repeated in all the great avatars, the master, all the avatars, the great masters who in a way, recreate that original sacrifice of love into creation. Even though beyond the limits and limitations of the consciousness in which they enter, yet they enter, they take the plunge to rescue creation out of the state in which it is in. And this, probably the reason why we use the phrase, the labor of love, is precisely because it is love alone that can labor like this, ceaselessly, endlessly, constantly, to rescue creation out of the dense darkness and almost the negation of the divine in which it has plunged. And how does it do it? 
by the very fact that there is the presence of love in creation even darkness begins to seek something see this is reflected in so many stories in our indian mythologies one of them is of course we know the story of ramayana where uh, which is basically a story of love and even ravana falls in love with sita he wants to marry her but he doesn't know how to love and therefore the whole thing ends into a you know death or rather the conversion of ravana into back to his original state from where he had fallen and there is another very interesting story which is normally ordinarily regarded as a story of victory of um triumph of good over evil even ramayana is regarded as good over evil and because love stays in the background but love is the real thing which is happening so if you look at the story of durga durga is if you look at it that way she is not a manifestation of love she is maheshwari and mahakali together and yet in this story love enters through the back door and the back door is that mahisasur wants to marry her and she says okay let me see whether you are my equal or not and what is there in mahisasur he represents the epitome of greed of possessiveness of resting by force what he wants and therefore mahisasur dies he is slain by the great goddess so this love which goes into creation emerges in various forms its most rakshasic form asuric form or the lowest form is the impulse to devour because love wants to unite it seeks union so its purpose is to unite creation with its origin but to unite there are two ways one is to give oneself and the other is to try to gobble up so what does the asura tries he tries to gobble up and is trying to gobble up he thinks he believes that he can even devour the supreme if you look at the all these stories of the asuras what are they trying by their might of ego which is a separate might they want to ultimately take the supreme absorb him into themselves and therefore thereby become the supreme it's a love in its inverse way and so the result is very obvious because when two people are in love or any two elements are in love the result is a long foregone conclusion and that conclusion is that they will both get transmuted and become one there is no the two cannot stay as two <laughs> in any story of love if they try to stay as two independent entities then it doesn't work out because love does that it creates that transmutation by the meeting of two very very different things so the lowest expression of love is to try to become one by devouring and in the human child you see the same story repeated like in the human child in the embryo you see the story of evolution repeated all the even physically you can see the fish the tortoise and all that so the same thing we see that the first expression of love in a child is he draws from the mother the milk and that's what he feels as love and throughout life the mother represents the other pole so she is ever wanting to feed the child you see the maternal instinct is to feed the child even when the child has grown up so she still wants to feed the child so feeding on one side or giving nourishing and receiving wanting is on the other side the act of love and it starts when we are in the most primitive state as i said rakshasic and asuric state then we want to devour and this devouring is not just physical and the mother speaks about it even at the most physical level 
not only does devouring give a kind of sense of joy even being devoured gives a kind of sense of joy and she describes that when a python devours its prey so how just before the prey is swallowed it enters into a state of stillness so this act of devouring is not just a physical phenomena physical phenomena is in very very primitive type but as human beings grow that primitive tendency continues and people devour others they want to completely dominate and possess others they don't want the others to have any freedom so this is another kind of devouring there are people who crush completely the other person's freedom individuality and personality and they call it love i have a very interesting story somebody had come to me with two of uh, his children a very big big uh, not big man is a wrong way of saying but anyways he considered himself big because he owned at one point of time half the pondicherry so he came with his two children and said they are both um, psychologically disturbed and wanted um, treatment so i said okay fine no problem he said everything is fine doctor but i believe you are a devotee of mother and shrivindo please don't tell him about god so i said why what's the problem with god <laughs> you are taking the medicine from my healing this thing he said no because we are rationalist so that time i was not conversant that what is rationalist mean in that sense so i said i'll tell him them rationally about god that's not a problem <laughs> he said no no i belong to a political party where you are supposed to be rationalist so god is out of the meno so just out of curiosity i asked him that god is out of the meno but do you don't you people go to um, you know they say yeah privately everybody goes but we are not supposed we proclaim to be rationalist i said okay anyway so while in the course of treatment i could see the misery you know because obviously but um, what was interesting was when i met this big person's wife and she was suffering to any extent and i said you are you should be a happy lady with everything around you said no everything is there but i can't for example worship in my home i said why same problem rationalist so she could never express the feelings of a heart so there is a kind of love where you completely crush the other person dominate the other person control the other person and uh, well obviously that is not love if one tries to do it then after a while the, the whatever love is there it fades away or fritters away so this is one kind of uh, the least as i said the lowest kind of love then it evolves into another level and from that rakshasic asuric level there is a little more a better level now we can see why human beings sometimes are worse than animals because many human beings have this expression of love but in animals there is a give and take so which is the rajasic level so at the tamasic level love takes this form it takes other forms also because at tamasic level love needs very any power any energy needs very strong sensation so at a most tamasic level even knowledge you can't transmit knowledge you know you can't tell a wonderful mahavakya and knowledge gets transmitted no it has to be in very catchy ways which people pick up because that's how tamas operates and same thing with love it needs very strong sensations and that's what people call love a very soft gentle feeling is something which just uh, looks feels to them very much in the air it's airy fairy that's how they feel it uh, even subtle joys they don't understand so at the rajasic level love takes the form of give and take um usually it is um, you give then i will give 
so i will take and then i'll give but as one evolves it changes into i'll give but i want so give and take this is how love takes place at a rajasic level and if people find this balance then it goes very well but um, in life there are many who are simply takers and it becomes very difficult to sustain a relationship and there are some few who are constant givers which is also okay <laughs> but uh, then you know the joy of love which comes through togetherness tends to go away so this is a rajasic kind of love but as long as a person is still bound to the masses to the social norms and forms actually love in the true sense is hardly born because even love is turned into a routine a ritual it's you know very often we'll hear from our erstwhile parents of course we loved and well what they call as love is simply out of mechanical togetherness when two people are together i know it may sound very harsh but well that's a fact that they continue to live together and there used to be a phrase one of the most um, um, ungainly phrases that you know if a dog stays near the house you fall in love but that's not love that's attachment <laughs> so people didn't know what is the difference between love and attachment attachment is simply a, a the vital energy is getting connected so you miss the person and if the person is away so these are all forms of attachment but love emerges from the heart so the real recovery of love starts when human beings come out of this rajo tamasic state into the heart that's where love emerges people often ask how do i know that i am in love or i am in just attachment or attraction etc i have a very simple test please don't take me as some expert in love or something like that <laughs> but note where the feeling is coming from if it's coming from the heart there is love for sure what fate it will meet is a different thing but if it is coming from any other level in the human body it's such a beautiful barometer you can almost know it where a thing is coming from from that you can know its origin and its nature the level of consciousness you see there are kinds of music which only go below the belly and you feel like you know you will see that there is an actual sensation in in certain areas certain parts but when it emerges from the heart then there is of course the feeling is authentic it's it's love and that's where love becomes very direct approach um, it become very direct and simple and easy because this heart from where love emerges is in very close con- contact with the divine presence the divine presence is seated in the heart that's why of all the ways of approaching the divine love and surrender are supposed to be the simplest quickest easiest most direct and yet the civilizational uh, disease is that we hardly live in the heart in fact there is so much stress on development of the mind that what happens in it's it's a real speak that people develop a lot in the mind faculties of the mind analysis and all because you have to succeed in life so there is too much stress on this and because this is becoming top heavy but directed towards satisfaction of ambition so there are two things which uh, human beings develop intellectual faculties which means the capacity to rationalize anything and along with that an inordinate appetite or ambition this is what happens through the process of education a child is taught what are you going to become and so the ambition part comes in and to become anything you have to develop this so what is deprived the energies of the heart so there is this intellectually developed human 
developed is a way of i mean proviso is that uh, well his mind is sharper the capacities of the intellect the capacities to rationalize not reason are extremely developed and along with that there is a tremendous drive of the vital pushing a human being and that's what is called in indian thought is a full blown asura so the result is very obvious why because love is missing in the heart and it is even regarded as something weak something sentimentality so this is how things are and because there is lack of love there is lack of joy because the nature its nature of love to create there are three accompanying things that accompany love one is joy you can know whether a person is in a state of love not love with someone but in a state of love is from the joy in his heart the second is beatitude love by its nature brings the state of beatitude and the third of course is harmony and if love is missing you see all the three tends to go away you can take example practical example if love is missing you'll see that people try to create harmony they discuss mentally debate it won't happen because it's not a matter of the mind it's a matter of the heart so the only question to be asked is are you still in love no we are no more in love well fine walk your way because there is no mechanical way that you can really bring out the love so this is i'm still talking of the human level we'll come in a moment about uh, the higher possibilities of love so this is the aspect that it brings out the hidden ananda to play that's how shubindu describes in uh, in the mother that uh, mahalakshmi's action is to bring out the hidden ananda in play how does she bring out the hidden ananda because it harmonizes ties up unites brings people forces energies together that's how the ananda can come out and play how can there be a play of ananda within in a only one human being so because of that she is able to bring out the hidden ananda from behind into the play so the second thing it brings is joy and because joy is missing in the human heart so what do people do now rational mind is developed and there is a lot of vital appetite so how do they try to once again get some energy of love they go to restaurants so you can know how much love is missing from the fact that how often people <laughs> this is this is psychology well you can see you know that's why in olden times it was ma ke haath ka khana we are very fortunate now we have the divine mother ke haath ka khana you know that's what <laughs> divine mother's food but this thing about running to restaurant devouring different kinds of food it is extreme it becomes a glutton but that apart going to restaurants why because joy is missing so where do we get it from food the second is drugs why because again joy is missing so you want some artificial things parties joy is missing so you want to um, you know create some kind of a semblance of joy pornography because love is missing again in the heart so they are trying some ways to stimulate oneself and get some uh, whatever may be called as pleasure out of the act thrill and pleasure so basically it all comes from the lack of energy of love love is the great purifier actually if you really bring out the energy of love it's an antidote it can remove many of the crude things in nature the vulgar aspects of nature ugliness in nature simply because this energy is blooming out it's very amazing because uh, you know if you read the mother how beautifully shivinda says that mahalakshmi what is her action she makes everything beautiful if somebody is in love you cannot do an action which is ugly 
by its very nature it tends to refine the being it's a great purifier but on the other hand it this is very difficult this energy is very difficult to hold for long because human it needs tremendous strength and wideness to have this energy the moment we turn it into a narrow path then love tends to go away because what happens with narrowness narrowness means we are beginning to cut off from the wide universal aspects of life and love is a universal and eternal force that's how in savitri we see the description of savitri who could hold this flame of love love in her was wider than the universe the whole world could take refuge in a single heart so in her that great godhead could dwell the narrower we become the more difficult to contain love so wherever in in any story of love see what happens with a narrow love you have the othello syndrome onkara and all these you know movies there the birth of that why because extreme suspiciousness domination possessiveness fear that you know somebody my object of love will go away what people forget is that when they are in love it's not the object that they are loving <laughs> love seeks itself and the joy of itself the joy of loving the joy of giving there is a tremendous joy in that but it takes a long long path to reach that point where we discover that there is just the very act of loving is so much joyous but when the heart is narrow when there is jealousy when there is hatred when there is uh, malignant feelings ill will etc squalid poor taste crudeness vulgarity of speech and action the gracious goddess does not content to abide consent to abide this about mahalakshmi what does she do she steps back either she leaves and goes away she not like mahakali will give a shake up <laughs> and in one blow strike away so she she not like mahasaraswati will patiently keep laboring 10000 times with the countless imperfections of man she will just quietly withdraw into the background because she is seeing that there is no possibility of love so then what happens is either she will step back or she will wait for the bitter stuff to be thrown out of the system you know it's it's a profound practical insight in it very often people want to know what to do this is to be done whenever there is hatred bitterness poison all this kala klesh fights quarrels going on all learnt from experience <laughs> what you should do step back don't enter into the fray it will cause more and more and more and more vicious cycle so what you should do wait maybe this poison stuff will be rejected one day and love will have a chance and if it doesn't get a chance that means well it is meant to evolve in each in different ways but it, there should be no uh, hatred bitterness means there is still love which is there but it has taken this form and as long as it is there it can be saved that's how one can look at it <laughs> so this is how love takes the form in human beings then behind this uh, surface heart of man where all this happens there is a deeper love the psychic love when dilip kumar roy asked him that sir you are talking of psychic love it looks like a very cold and limpid thing he says who told you this he said vital has an intensity but the psychic has its own intensity and then he says if the vital is like the red flame the psychic is like the white flame 
So vital intensities will rise and fall. One of the big problems of love is how to maintain intensity because love wants intensity and eternity both. And that's why human love is very disappointing. You can have intensity but after some time the intensity fades. Or you can have eternity. <laughs> it means together for a long time. But the intensity is missing. It's only with the divine that the intensity and eternity can remain. That's why you'll see it's very interesting that once one has loved the divine, it keeps returning. You cannot eventually because... And the other part is the divine knows how to recreate himself or itself or herself. Of course, can't be itself in love by its very nature. In a new way every time. Experience this, how, and you know, these are all very interesting practical things about life, which I have learnt, you know. Um, when you love the divine, so what does he do? He will surprise you in a way that you can't imagine. For instance, you are having a severe headache and suddenly, you know, something happens and you remember the divine and it vanishes. Now, uh, you had not wanted or expected it or you have lost something and you are seeking, oh, I am not getting it, Ma, help me. And you suddenly find it. There are hundred ways and he will keep surprising you. So, friends, if you want to keep love intact, keep surprising your loved ones, either with a small little card, a little beautiful message. or It's a fact, it works. Because after some time when things become routine and mechanical, that's not what love wants. Love wants intensity and eternity to remain. And it's actually impossible in human consciousness as it stands today. And that's why in human consciousness, the next level of love emerges and that is turning towards the divine. Because it then after some time wants to seek itself in its purity. And that's where love graduates from the rajasic guna to sattvic and spiritual love. What is sattvic love? Sattvic love can maintain itself for long and it is not based on just admiration. Yeah? Love turns into adoration. And love takes the form of duty, responsibility, care, tender feelings, affection. All these things come. Of course, care, affection, loyalty, they come from the psychic. And this feeling that sattva brings, the responsibility, the duty, this comes from the sattvic kind of love. It's a mental love. But it has its own place in the total scheme of things. And then, of course, it turns to the divine to find its own source. Now, what has happened? Love had plunged into this dense consciousness of matter. It operated, operated, brought out stones and mountains. Everywhere you will feel the beatitude, ananda and a sense of harmony in nature. Why? Because love is bringing it out. Sometimes an odd pebble, a shell, so beautiful. And sometimes just looking at them, looking at a rose, you have this expression, oh how lovely. So these are all expressions of love. Divine love operating in creation is bringing out these things at a material level, at the level of life and then it enters into the human consciousness where it re-emerges from the heart, gushing out, seeking itself. So what it has done, that matter it has brought up to this level and from the heart it has these two roots which people take. One is love for humanity through which they arrive at love of God. Because if one sincerely loves humanity, it is another way. Looking out, it's like knowledge of the world will eventually lead to the point where you want to have God knowledge. Even seeking after power, you go outside beyond a point you cannot, you meet a deadlock. And you want to know where is the source of all this power. So when there is a love for humanity, it extends into love for creatures, creation. It's a long path, but it's okay. 
a time comes when this love for humanity automatically because the human consciousness has learned how to love with a nishkam bhav there is uh, whenever we talk of nishkam karma we think only in terms of you know uh, works which are external um, etc but shubhendra has a whole chapter in the synthesis works of love love itself is an energy which is released into creation and simply to love if somebody imagine you know that siddharth when he is asked what do you do he says i can uh, what is it eat i can stay hungry i can meditate i can think imagine if somebody went to a company to be hired and asked what can you do and he says i can love that's it <laughs> what will be the response we have no need of you not realizing that the man by his presence can bring harmony there was a lovely story patch adams i'm sure many of us have seen it what was this man doing actually it may sound like of course scrooder version was munna by mbps <laughs> but essentially what was it how was he healing there is a very beautiful book by uh, an oncologist which was on love miracle and medicines why because love brings the urge to live back into human nature when love goes away one uh, goes into the other pole that's why in savitri we have love and death it is love that gives you the urge to live and when love goes away the there is a state of despair and that despair pulls you towards death suicidal thoughts in youngsters all this happens why because uh, without love it seems life is not worth living if you read uh, read the stories of it's not worth reading but as a psychiatrist i can tell you that very few people take these extreme steps when they are uh, they have gone through failures in their exams or career but most common cause is when they have failed in love because it's like very basis of life has collapsed this is the importance of love and yet as i said it's the least loved of all things in this everybody asks when they have this matchmaking sulakshana how good a person is looking how smart a man is how much money has he got what is the degree what is the car status and house status nobody asks do you know how to love and what is savitri story there is only one thing which is important satyavan may be in armitage doesn't matter i am the one who is his good luck why because i love that's why savitri tells death that i love i know that oneness is you know knowledge is a oneness why because she has this power of love inside and we hardly ever harness it develop it and the best way to develop this power is one is as i said through human love love of creation which widens us because love needs wide vessel it cannot come in small little narrow channels small little narrow channels have at best self love that's why when man begins to come out of the social uh, you know where he is just uh, in the grip of society when he becomes an individual then truly he begins to love why because he starts with self love then he affirms himself then he begins to i love you that's before that in society uh, you are just doing things as you are supposed to love your husband so you love even if the fellow is you know worth uh, even if he treats you like a doormat why because that's how society is it has taught you like that that's not love 
That's not even companionship, but that's what is called as love. So first thing is to become an individual before one can even undertake the journey of love. Because unless one really uh, feels that love for oneself in that sense, then one begins to love. Because then you love. It's not like because it's a bandhan. Uh, therefore, you are continuing and dragging, as Shubhendu puts in Savitri, two dogs tied by the same leash, and they don't want to be together, but they have no choice because they are held in the same leash. Terrible situation to be in, so, because love is something which comes spontaneous. So, when it turns to the source after all this wideness, or else, because it has learned very fast that in human love it cannot find. What it is looking for, it is not a disappointed resignation. Incidentally, that oh, I am disappointed in human love, therefore I turn to the divine. The same disappointment will come there, <laughs> because why is one disappointed? Because one is not getting what one wanted. So you'll turn to divine. One wants experience, realization, this and that. It won't come so easily. He is even more exacting. Shubhendu spoke about bhakti of Krishna. He said, "Krishna is very difficult to please. He is not like Shiva. Even an asura can go bail patri puts and he is Krishna. It's okay, patram pushpam phalam toyam, but that is a beginning point. He will not express himself. He'll start with patram pushpam phalam toyam. That means uh, you offer a little leave and he accepts it. But ultimately, he will accept when you have offered everything completely, the entire kutumb kul, all that, because love is about self-giving." So everything when one is given, that's how the God of love. I mean, Krishna is the original Ananda man. So then he is satisfied. Shiva is easy. Uh, even Asura goes, puts a little, uh, you know, dud. Then he is benevolent. Shiva grant a boon too. <laughs> but there is a great mystery in that. <laughs> Shiva's boon easy to please, but the boons are very notorious. <laughs> one should be very careful. But with Krishna, very difficult to please. He will lure, and you feel there you are. You got him, and then he will say again, "I am hiding." He loves to play the game of hide and seek till you have found him from every nook and corner. So a disappointed person, because one is disappointed in human love, is thinking, "I'll turn to God." Well, you will turn to God, but there is no energy to turn because love has gone into the strike. What will happen is God will say, "Okay, you really seriously seek me." He will wait for us and they say, "Okay, fine, love this guy." And suddenly you will end up loving somebody else. So then you will again go through the same process, <laughs> same, <laughs> because that energy has to arrive at its fullness. At its, you see, people like Mira, they have done this journey in their previous life, so it can happen with them. But it needs a, it's a long path. That's why there is the famous. भजन इन अमीर खुसरोज बहुत कठिन है डगर पनघट की वट इज पनघट इट्स अ प्लेस वेर यू फिच वाटर सो इट इज दिन वन ऑफ द फेबल्स ऑफ कृष्णा वेन द गोपीज गो दे आर फिचिंग वाटर सो वट इज कृष्णा डूइंग ही इज वेटिंग बाय द साइड पिकिंग अप अ लिटिल कंकड़ एंड ही जस्ट एज दे आर कमिंग आउट ही जस्ट पंक्चर्स द पात्रम वेसल and the water flows away then again you go you fill it again this keeps happening so meaning there why he will point out the countless imperfections till there comes a point where we are ready for utter self giving so it starts by devouring 
the lowest expression of love is to want, to take, to absorb, to eat, to finish, to unite by finishing. And it ends up with giving and giving and giving. That's what is the beauty of love. And then by giving one becomes one, one becomes vast, the energy of love. And when one has reached that point, then one can truly love God. Otherwise, of course, it's a different thing. We should not mistake love of God with all this bhajan, kirtan and, you know, that which goes on, all the tamasha, which is, you know, um, a kind of club where people meet and in nice dresses. <laughs> Sorry to say, but, you know, and there they discuss after the bhajan. Did you see that bahu? How she is looking? Do you know what happened to this boy? He's, they have gone to for bhajan. During the bhajan, all this is going on. That's not love. Love of God, the psychic bhakti is very deep, intense, steady flame. And it is ahetuki. It doesn't want anything in return. When we can love the divine for the sake of the divine, wanting nothing in return, not even an experience, leave aside realization. What he will do to me, what he will give me or take away from me <laughs> is not at all the question. The only thing that a bhakta seeks, looks into himself is, how much have I given? Have I been able to give myself fully? And everywhere, Those spots he sees, I have not given to the divine. He is miserable for that, not because of what he has got or not got. And one continues to give till one reaches that point where every breath, every heartbeat is given to the Lord. It's a long process. And in that process, several things help. Someone asked, um, like Shurabindo describes of course in this, and people ask often, how to develop this kind of bhakti? Very simple. We tend to end up loving somebody whom we frequently think of. So, manana, to think about. So, one simple way is read about the mother, think about the mother, Go to places where something of her is being talked. Put a picture in there. So what is happening is you are surrounded by her presence. So automatically after some time, because the mind is dwelling upon an object. See, this is the interesting part of the mind. The same thing which is a problem can be changed into an advantage. One of the problems of the mind is it tends to contemplate sense objects which are not there. So it is the rasagrahan, the last, the sixth indriya. The other five even if they are dulled or they are asleep, the mind can wake up out of itself images and fall in love. Imagination. That's how the mind operates. So instead of all that, give the mind a nice object. So the more it thinks, the more it reads. That's why the company of people, books, where who love God and contrary to that, avoiding the company of those who are full of doubts and hostility. So automatically love awakens. Manana. Then there is darshana. Darshan is to make the image of the beloved, uh, you know, become uh, near to the heart. It should become visible to the heart. How does it become visible? First through the eye of imagination, the eye of faith, the eye of the mind. And slowly as we begin to practice it, her presence in the heart, her image in the heart, then slowly we begin to start feeling love. Because this center opens where really love own dwelling place in the human being and the very center it's the core of things then there is again consecration of things 
when we love somebody the natural tendency is to do things for that person so how can there be love where there is no spirit of service they go together if sir if one doesn't have the spirit of service then regardless of whatever one may proclaim love is missing it's natural when we love somebody we have the spirit of service tender feelings there is a flower which has been given the name by the mother tender love for the divine and the mother said it's one of the roses she said it's so beautiful i want to take it to my super heaven why because what feelings we have for the divine you give me this give me that why you didn't give me i want this experience realization have you ever felt ki poor divine what happens to him when he comes to earth he has to meet all of us and bear and share and he doesn't say a oof but still from our side tender feelings for the divine lord you also need a little rest <laughs> let me be at your side not that you can do anything but this feeling itself tender feelings for the divine care affection loyalty is an aspect of the psychic aspect in love psychic element in love loyalty to the divine there are all things which emerge standing with courage courage and love go together a coward can never love because he is too much uh, ultimately looking for his own little you know either a prestige or his own ego he cannot love to love you need a tremendous courage because it's only courage that can give itself unconditionally it requires tremendous courage so all these elements as they grow in our nature true bhakti becomes more and more beautiful and complete and then what happens the last stage when we have love has become pakka gaadha as it is said in one of the uh, when all your being begins to become colored by the divine love लाली मेरे लाल की जित देखूं तित लाल लाली देखन मैं गई मैं भी हो गई लाल शुभिंदर सेज दैट इट बिकम सो यूनिवर्सलाइज दैट यू बिगिन टू सी इट इन अदर्स इट इज अ वेरी स्ट्रेंज स्टेट ऑफ कोर्स वन इज नॉट एबल टू कंटेन इट इट कैन द माइंड कैन गो क्रेजी आई रिमेंबर वन पर्सन वेड लॉस्ट इज हैड वाई बिकॉज वाई पीपल थॉट इज लॉस्ट इज हैड बिकॉज यू वॉज एम्ब्रेसिंग द ट्रीज द वॉल till then it was okay when he started embracing human beings then the problem came up so he came to me and i asked why are you doing this what can i do i am i am feeling the divine presence i said yes but the law authorities don't understand nor the administrative authorities so he was very seen absolutely seen i said you'll have to learn to contain this energy if it goes unbridled it will be a problem because uh, so <laughs> it will create another kind of imbalance so he understood it and it things changed so this is the kind of this explosion when it takes place so when we as we begin to come closer to the divine love becomes more and more universal that's how shivendra describes in the synthesis and as it becomes universal then a new phenomena begins to take place so we have these three aspects of love then i'll read a small little paragraph and stop first is when we ignorantly love human beings all the rakshasic asuric animal human all that is part of that there is that greatest the the biggest ego element as we come closer to the lower down the ladder 
and the ego becomes less and less as we come up the ladder because love is the one which liberates us from the ego love means we step out of the boundaries of the ego otherwise there cannot be love so this is one level of love then we discover that within this limit uh, we are not finding love is not finding its source not because we are disappointed but because we know the limitations which is a different thing altogether so it turns towards the one and when we come closer and closer to the divine divine the one then the command is turn back to earth that's how there is a prayer of the mother and then it comes back after that narrow path enters into wideness then it returns to earth and loves this creation as the divine loves this creation without demand without wanting anything yet loving spontaneously it doesn't mean becoming a doormat or a martyr that's not what it means but it means having that true selfless love which nourishes this earth this is the journey and nalinda has described it beautifully in one of his books which i have mentioned several times small booklets manusir bhajan to love man which is the most difficult thing to do it's easy to love animals such nice cuddly cuddly even tiger cubs so nice even lion cubs even lions they'll respond to love uh, i don't know about snakes but people say that even snakes i doubt it cold blooded creatures but probably you know <laughs> they maybe i don't know but with human beings it's most difficult why because extremely individualized that is the challenge of human being but at some point this challenge has to be taken so at the end what happens we are connected with the divine who is the universal source of love so we don't have any deficiency of vitamin l inside but then you distribute this love into this creation not indiscriminately it doesn't mean sending everybody messages i love you i love you and that's a very vital expression of it but that love which radiates differently to different people obviously that knowledge will always be there but that is how this love begins to spread in this creation so that's of course the post graduation so like isha and kane upanishad one should know where one stands in kane upanishad this is not brahman that is brahman in isha upanishad all this is brahman so one should know where one stands because if there is a mixture then there is a problem that's why sometimes it said um, listen to wise people but don't follow them indiscriminately and certainly don't imitate them <laughs> if you look at mother's life how she loved continues to love it's just unimaginable that's the one example for me an example which i find i know uh, uh, which uh, may be difficult for many people to grasp well krishna is i have felt for him as a friend but if there is ever one single example on earth which has manifested love in its all its splendor beauty and wideness it is the mother you don't find it anywhere else nowhere i mean even krishna who is the god of love yet you know how the mother for everything and there are countless stories several times i have spoken about them the way she loved continues to love i mean she goes on to say somebody uh my child when somebody sings i don't stand on the shore i sink with that person then she goes on to say even those one who has seen me even for a moment i hold myself responsible for that person even those who have turned away and been hostile 
I never abandon them. That is the kind of love human beings are capable of expressing because she has manifested that upon earth. And that is our ideal. That's our goal. And the simplest way to reach that goal is love the mother. Difficult. So remember that the mother loves you. <laughs> and the more we join with that love, she is the source. It is the transforming power in creation. Victorious and transforming power which will eventually lead creation to a point where it will be divine love reigning over the world. And just imagine, they change the rules of the game. Why? Because of the mother's presence. Up till now, the asuras were just to be killed. Now it is transformed because you kill a asura, he is a representative, fine, but that energy, that consciousness, you can't kill. The only way is to transform it. So, if one wants to learn how to love don't read books like men are from Mars and women are from Venus and blah, blah, blah. Or go on websites like Love Guru. Just read the mother's stories. That's all. If one reads mother's life and her stories, how she related with Sri is the way we should relate with the divine. How she related with all the children is the way we should relate with human beings. How she related with plants and animals and birds and beasts and stone is the way we should relate with them. And if we can do it, then we'll find truly the secret and mystery of love. And with love, the play of Ananda in its manifold ways. So the passage which I wanted to read is, because very often it was asked to the mother, that vital is the big problem, as we can see actually by now. The real diagnosis is in all stories of love, vital creates a problem. So, should we shun it? Should we keep it aside? Mother's answer is uh, eye opening. The vital is in its very nature that in us which can give itself away. She says, Well, it is true that the lower vital elements can distort love. Yet, just because it is that which has always the impulse and the strength to take, it is also that which is capable of giving itself to the utmost. Vital doesn't have any measures, halfway measures. When it takes, it takes and takes and takes. What is that line from Shurabindu's poem? Like a titan I would <laughs> take, like a god enjoy. But because it is capable of doing that, it is also capable of giving completely. Because it knows how to possess, it knows also how to abandon itself without reserve. Of course, it's the change which is needed. The true vital movement is the most beautiful and magnificent of movements. But it has been twisted and turned into the most ugly the most distorted, the most repulsive. And that we can see there are so many stories in Indian mythology which are complete abandonment in love. I mean, there is somebody who wrote this famous poem on Lakshmana's wife, Urmila. See, we all know about Rama, Lakshmana, Hanuman, Bharat. Hardly people know even about who was Lakshmana's wife? Look at this woman. She chose to stay back 
not because she doesn't want to be with her husband but because she she knows that she is safe like sita knows but sita had to go for a divine mission but she knew that if she is not there even the parents they need her and she did a tapasya it is said that she uh, because lakshmana had to remain awake so she did the tapasya on behalf of lakshmana so that you know he could get all the strength and energy while he's away just imagine in today's context being 14 years away from the husband no sms no phone calls you don't even know whether he is dead or alive and yet you continue to love unflinchingly that is the stuff of which love is made and i really feel proud to i mean i may add to belong to a civilization and a nation which teaches how to love through these small little stories so here is that wherever into a human story of love there has entered even an atom of pure love see not speaking of big things an atom of pure love and it has been allowed to manifest without too much distortion we find a true and beautiful thing just an atom of pure love absolutely unconditional wanting nothing in return no expectations just giving itself and if the movement does not last it is because it is not conscious of its own aim and seeking why love doesn't last because it doesn't know what it, it thinks it is seeking an object object is only a means the child god is at play it is seeking itself through countless forms that's how savitri describes it it has not the knowledge that it is not the union of one being with another that it is seeking after but the union of all beings with the divine means it becomes vast it does not love the object for the sake of the even the object of course not for oneself but for the sake of the divine so if we can rise even and she has uh, she knows us so she is even an atom of pure love <laughs> so this is the path of love not easy why because it demands complete self abandonment प्रेम गली अति साकरी तामे दो न समाही जब हरी था तब मैं नहीं जब हरी तब मैं नहीं आई दट कैन बी मी और इट कैन बी यू द डिवाइन एंड वन हैज टू बी रेडी टू गो थ्रू द प्योरीफाइंग फायर एंड फर्नी इट्स नॉट ए फायर ऑफ लव इट्स ए फर्नेस ऑफ लव विच डिमांड्स द अटमोस्ट सेक्रीफाइस एंड इट्स नॉट जस्ट अबाउट ह्यूमन बींग्स लव फॉर द कंट्री लव फॉर ह्यूमैनिटी लुक एट द स्टोरीज ऑफ दीज पीपल even for an animal the kind of sacrifice that kings like shivi could make for dharma great beings like harishchandra could make for the earth like bhagirath engaging in tapasya and for all mankind like mother and shurabindo people look at shurabindo and they are appalled by this vast body of literature and then all kinds of interpret look at his heart Seer, deep-hearted, occult fountain of love, vast in thy tide. Heart was a tide washing the coast of heaven. It's because of love that he engaged in this tapasya for mankind. May we become worthy of that love and manifest at least a grain of it in our life. 
Yes, James. Yes, thank you very much, Dr. Locke. Actually, I have a question, really. Yes. Because you, you uh, read uh, the mother's words on the, the place of the vital. Yes. True love. Yes. But how actually do we get to the stage where we can actually get the vital to enhance our true love? How, what, what, what sort of, what do we have to practice to do that? To give oneself, to know that the true movement of love is in giving and not wanting. So it's a training, if we like, a discipline, if we like. But the problem with this discipline is that very often the vital gifts is ready to give, but deep within there is an expectation. So beyond a point, it tends to turn away in a kind of very subtle disappointment. There is a kind of empty space and people are fine with that. So it's very important to fill that empty space with love of the divine. So one can only engage in this giving, paradoxical it may seem, is by loving the divine. Because then you have no empty spaces, one is flooded. But in any case, uh, one cannot wait always, as Sri says, to uh, arrive at the ultimate realization and then say, Ki, okay, now I am a realized person in love. Real time, yoga is in real time. So the vital minimum is to learn to train to love selflessly as an act of giving, regardless of what one gets, regardless of, you know, of course, the only proviso is don't become a martyr. That's not what is expected. But self-giving and sacrifice is the path of love at the most vital level. Even in the most physical act, if I may act, uh, let there be the urge to give and not the urge to want, possess, dominate. That's the very difficult thing. But if one can do it, then definitely you'll see that love can be beautiful in a human way, human story. I'm not advocating. <laughs> I guess it demands a full conversion of the vital, is it? Yeah. To, yeah. to do this, to get yeah. to this stage. Yeah. Okay, thank you.